Hello friends, welcome to Beyond the News. It is Friday the 18th of March. I'm Jim Grant. Coming up on today's show, news from across the political spectrum from around the world as usual. But we'll be going to be looking at specifically at more vaccine death related data. The CEO of Disney's got in a little bit of bother. The flawed PCR test, what we've been going on about on this show for the last, mm, what episode is it? Beyond the News 80. So the last uh, 79 episodes, we're going to be, the Daily Mail finally seems to have caught up with that. We need to talk about where we go from there. A video on the biolabs in Ukraine from a US, is it Congresswoman or Senator? Tulsi Gabbard, I forget. Someone official that's been elected and all that kind of stuff and a, a Democrat. I've always been fans of uh, Cynthia McKenney and Dennis Kucinich, but uh, Tulsi Gabbard, in terms of serving Democrats, definitely my favourite at the moment. <laughs> it was never going to be Hillary Clinton, was it? And but it's a good idea that to show that not all people in the, a party are all on the same page, either good or bad or anything. You know, we get good and bad in all sorts, including podcasters and media and all such things. So that and much, much more on today's show. Let's get into that top story here today. So I've been banging on about this. This is not news to any of my listeners. But what we need to do now is have a chat about what comes next. And I just want to preface this by saying I can forgive all things for the first lockdown, a novel situation, at least in our lifetime, trying things out. You, you know, what's the old saying? Uh, Inaction is better than run action and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want, I'm not looking for any sort of justice, I suppose you would say, for the first lockdown. All right, things happen, tried out. But this was all known for the second one. So we need to talk about what do we happen when we're lied to on such a massive scale and we are. A foreign army could not have achieved what Boris Johnson achieved in two years. He could not have put all those businesses out. He could not have got us into that much debt um, with the spent billions on track and trace and all that kind of stuff. He, When you think about the damage done economically, the suicide deaths, the care home deaths... Everything that was done to this country during COVID, and like I said, I'm going to forgive the first few months of the first lockdown. We were all trying things new, but after that, I do not forgive because it was quite clear that this headline is accurate and it's just a shame it's dated on the 12th of March. Did flawed PCR tests convince us COVID was worse than it really was? Britain's entire response was based on results, but one scientist says they should have been axed a year ago. Well, you can add a podcaster to that, but no one cares about me. In fact, you can add the inventor of that PCR test, if he was still alive. He died just before COVID outbroke. I was looking for... <laughs> we had the COVID outbreak. COVID outbroke, that'll do. I don't know if it's, pro don't know if it's proper English or not, but it'll do. You get the idea. But he said that it wasn't designed for that purpose. He invented it and he won the Nobel Prize. 
Many other scientists have said so. But what happens when you get someone that lied so badly and stuck to the lie so badly and everyone went along with it that it did more damage than a, economically than a foreign aiding army? I don't know if we would have needed to borrow $37 billion to go to war with someone. We might find out if Boris Johnson keeps poking Putin's bear or if... Uh, China gets tasty with Taiwan. 37 billion is a lot of money. I don't know if we'd have needed to borrow that to pay for a war effort, let alone all the other uh, money that got funneled to all their mates' contracts and all that kind of stuff. What do you do when the scientists... What do you do when the inventor of the result and loads of other scientists go uh this is producing a testemic it's just producing uh, a mixture of positives false positives negatives and false negatives it's not fit for purpose what do you do when other scientists go yes it is and what do you do when the media go we agree with those scientists and the government go we agree with the media what do you do who do you prosecute who do you try and get compensation out of for this for a massive lie? When something so big and has so many, we're going to use the word, conspirators, knowingly or unknowingly, can they be an unknowing conspirator? Or is that just a useful idiot? Someone that's manipulated. I don't know, you'd have to speak to an English expert, but you get where I'm going with that. What happens when so many people are responsible for the damage and everyone goes along with it and what happens when the people who do go along with it finally get told that they were wrong and go the conspiracy theorists were right all the time I can tell you what that is they just blank out here do you want to see the answer you were wrong no I don't I'm not wrong that's a conspiracy theory so it's a conspiracy theory that it was bad and now it's confirmed that it's not fit for purpose that's still a conspiracy theory yes yes it is and again I'm not here saying that there wasn't uh, a real Covid outbreak I'm saying that the tests weren't fit for purpose for testing it it's because that's it oh shut they go to that conspiracy theory realm that shut up lizard boy Oh, you say there is no virus and all other such things. No, we need to have a good talk about the fact that the inventor of this test said it wasn't fit for purpose. And when people pointed that out, they were called a conspiracy theory. We had massive economic lockdowns as a result of it, which we're still going to feel the impact of that in terms of the depression rates, the businesses going bust, the supply chain problems the debt that would incur to pay all for all of that madness for generations to come. Because I'll tell you, if you don't punish someone, then the same thing's going to happen again. And by that I mean, right, let's get what we want, call anyone that says the truth of conspiracy theories for two years, wait for it to die down. After two years it comes out, all oh, the conspiracy theories were right put that out there and then when their conspiracy theorists point out they were right call them conspiracy theorists again 
just keep going. Just keep doubling down. And just keep going. What do you think a regime, a cabinet, an administration is going to do with that power? We have the power to do what we want so long as we get the media to call anyone that points out the truth the C-word. Do you think a government's going to abuse that? Go ask the Canadians. Go ask pretty much most people in the Western world over the last two years, minus the first three months. I can give them the first few months. Because in order for us to figure out it's a lie, you need data. You need to check things and, you know, like I said, who knew how bad this was going to be? Who knew if a lockdown would be effective or not? There was a certain element of common sense to enacting it. But however, around the two weeks to flatten the curve, month to two months to flatten <laughs> the economy, it became clear to those capable of rational thought, critical thinking, and the ability to think in more than one dimension. What do you mean by that, Jim? For the, any new listeners, I know we've been getting a few. Party A, Party B. Party A wants this, Party B wants that. That's what one dimension is. Dimension two is why. Dimension three would be who are these people hanging around with? Does that person hang around with both? And is that person in level three kind of want the agenda from level two that we pointed out? It can get tricky, isn't it? That's why it's often easy to just go, I don't want to think about it. TV, tell me what to think. And the TV told you that these tests were good. And so massive damage was done. That was by Joe McFarlane on the 12th of March. It's been one of the most enduring COVID conspiracy theories that the gold standard PCR tests you to diagnose what the gold standard PCR tests that various government agencies across the world dropped and how long was it ago now that I pointed out a Portuguese court says they're not actually fit for purpose you know that's that's a court ruling that not fit for purpose and the lockdown based therein that was uh, as a result of tourists in the country suing or something as a result of that oh but the main thing was the media blackout then as well that's the real giveaway some even suggested the swabs, which were carried out more than 200 million times in the UK alone, may mistake common colds and flu for corona. Well, the inventor said it would do that. But don't, you know, don't take his word for it. Go Anthony Fauci, because it all depends on the cycle rate. And he said they're pretty much useless, 35 cycles and above. I played the clip where he said it came out of his own mouth on this podcast before. If either or both were true... It would mean that any of these cases should never have been counted in the daily tally, that the ominous and all too familiar figure, which was used to inform decisions on lockdowns and other pandemic measures, was an overcount. And many of those were pinged and forced to isolate as a contact of someone who tested positive, causing a huge strain on the economy, did so unnecessarily. Such, such statements, it must be said, have been roundly dismissed by top experts. And of course... This is where it comes in. For the first few months, everyone's figuring it out. But when there's a truth and people are blatantly denying a truth for months on end, you need to look at why they might be denying that truth. One dimensional thinking says, 
because they're wrong, isn't it? Second dimensional thinking says, are there reasons why they may be lying? Three, are they associating with people who seem to be telling the same lies? Four, do all these parties seem to be profiting from these lies, either financially or in terms of control? There's how to think things through in four dimensions. But could they have been right all along? What well, could the guy that invented it have been right all along? Today in the first part of a major new series, the Mail on Sunday investigates whether the science, and they've used that in inverted commas, good for them, that the government so often said they were following during the pandemic was flawed, at least in some respects. In the coming weeks, we will examine if Britain's stark COVID death figure was overblown. We'll ask if lockdowns did more harm than good. Finally, mainstream news beginning to sound like beyond the news. <laughs> uh, but, well, the next phase of this is the other med the, the medias that are benefiting from this the most i'm let's make a prediction now that they will come out and their listeners and readers will then come out and go anyone that's anti lockdown is a right wing because in their mind the daily mail is right wing and questioning lockdown therefore they hate the daily mail and they must hate anyone that questions lockdowns and they must do so all as a result of that emotional trigger of it being right-wing. Just as uh, right-wingers will get triggered about other such things that the left has points about from time to time. But I must say it is worrying that free speechers and right-wingers are being labelled as some kind of bad thing the political spectrum imagine politics as a plane um, you need the right wing and the left wing to keep each other in balance because both have got good ideas and bad ideas both have got good people and bad people and you need to take the best of both but so often it's the worst of both it seems to make its way up to the cabins pilot's cabin and take control of the plane And the mainstream media, when it's been hijacked, will say nothing is happening. Anyone that says we've been hijacked is a conspiracy theorist. So, were the pandemic infections deliberately sexed up to scare people in complying with lockdown rules? And again, if this is new to you, and it won't be to our listeners, but perhaps ask these people questions like this. Why would a government want to make itself deliberately look more incompetent? Why would a government want to deliberately have a higher death rate on its hands? Why would a government want to go, yes, we were so bad that, pe that more people have died than we needed to admit to? That's not like a government, is it, to uh, admit for things they don't need to admit to. So a very good question should now be, why... Because that, that's a, a point that a lot of people ask the conspiracy theorists. Why would they do that? So the question now needs to be put to them. Why did they do that? The Oxford scientists branded the UK's testing programme, which cost an eye-watering £2 billion a month, as chaotic and wasteful. Yes, to the taxpayer, but to someone else, it's not. It's organised and beneficial. 
we need to find out who those people are and if they had in ties to the cabinet and more importantly to the mainstream media because it's a whole thing that needs to be held accountable here so uh, let's just scroll down you can read the whole thing process for yourself it goes into it in quite um, uh, good detail PCRs detect tiny fragment of COVID genes known as RNA in samples taken from the nose and throat to do this uh, swabs are tested in a lab with chemicals to extract the genetic material um, it, so it goes into it basically I've covered this all before on this show but this is the first time the Daily Mail is covering it and I'm just scrolling through um, they're mentioning the cycle rate here as well. It looks like they've done a good job. This is probably a one for the, um, I call it the the gold, you know, your golden page where you copy it. You can find all the links on the Facebook page or on the Anchor or Spotify link and you can just copy that, put it into a, a, you know, a, a document or something like that. And this should be one, you know, your top 10, top 20 reasons why the mainstream media television is lying to you and there are some really good mainstream media journalists across the spectrum that are telling you the truth as much as they can putting it out there and we can of course listen to the interview that I did with Sally Beck explaining why some journalists are going to be saying more than others it's just that these people won't be getting the television spots you know so go and read that for yourself very very interesting there Next one here. Oh, do you know what? I I'd forgotten, didn't I? I'd forgotten to do the best and worst. Got I've actually clicked it off now, but I'll go and um, uh, go and bring that back up again. In the meantime, let's go to another Daily Mail article while that's loading. Uh, loading. Family of marketing executive 45 who died of a stroke caused by the AstraZeneca jab say she is dismissed as collateral damage as they fight for a 120 grand payout. Nicola Wielderling, 45, died of a stroke caused by Oxford slash AstraZeneca jab. She suffered bleeds on her brain after being hospitalised with blood clots. Her husband has demanded ministers compensate families who lost loved ones. British Heart Foundation said of, 400, said of 438 who developed Blood clots, 79, died. By Jack Wright for the Mail Online. 18th of March, so today. The devastated husband of a marketing exec... Anyway, it's all been there. I've explained it all before there, the sad case of it there. Um, remember, it won't be the vaccine manufacturers giving that money. It will be the government. And for government, read taxpayer. And for taxpayer, read you and I. Nice, uh, nice deal if you can get it, huh? Let's just scroll down. And uh, while we're doing that, I'm going to have a little scroll down of the top and well, top rated, least rated comments, which is always uh, fun when the articles are loading. It might take a little while. So let's scroll down here. Um, anyway, on this um, Daily Mail thing, there's loads and loads of uh, vaccine deaths here. Absolutely loads. It's not just the one that they've covered it. They've put quite a few in here. Yeah, the Daily Mail is, is yeah. Some things are coming out. And the Daily Mail covering it. All right then. So let's 
Here we go then. Best rated. Let's click on this. Pluto, Australia, five hours ago. Everyone. Well, I had two AstraZeneca plus a Moderna booster and suffered a stroke while having no risk factors. Possibly a coincidence, but it makes me wonder. Fortunately, I'm recovering well, but it will probably leave me with some permanent reduction in feeling and dexterity. Up 2442, down 131. Let's take the second one here, uh, show more. Uh, the health detective Spilsby United Kingdom five hours ago, up 2032, down 120. Let's see what she says. My sister-in-law had stroke-like symptoms with hours of having the jab. She has fortunately recovered. However, one of the main reasons my husband had decided the jab was not for us was there was no recourse if it went wrong. Taking away the right to sue was a red flag and we are not sorry we declined the jab. Um, yeah, massive red flag. For me, the massive red flag was them saying, yeah, it's fine, there's no long-term health uh, benefits. Right, how long does long-term need to come through? Well, probably about two to three years. Right, how long was the vac vaccine manufactured? Well, about six months ago. Right, you don't see a problem with that statement? No. And if you do, you're an anti-vax nutjob conspiracy theorist. And uh, don't mind me, we're just going to go and play some adverts now from uh, the same people who make the jab or from the banks that have invested in the people that make the jab. But don't worry though, safe and effective. So that was an interesting one. Let's scroll down now and let's play that same game with the PCR test story. I <laughs> prematurely switched it off. First of all, I couldn't get it up and then it was finished prematurely. See, I'm not even going to do jokes about it. Family show, family show. Right, so let's try to scroll down now to get those. It's just more. Ah, comments here. The comments below have not been moderated. Excellent, that's the way we like them. Right, up 5126, down 159. Mr. Fixit, London. Spain. <laughs> I have I did it London, comma, Spain six days ago. So make it that location of where you will. So again, this was the PCR test one. That was obvious to anyone who had half a brain. Unfortunately, within the government, there isn't half a brain between them, except, of course, for the crowd who made millions and in some cases billions. Yeah, I think that guy. So you don't need to go down the conspiratorial route necessarily all join together and look for prosecutions you know one person might say it was done deliberately to bring in the great reset by klaus schwab another person might say it was done deliberately to make all the government millions to which i would say why did they do it all over the world then oh well everyone had the same idea then. and it's a reasonable answer boris, jo you, boris johnson could have phoned up a politician in wherever anywhere or, or it could have even been at one of his house parties. And he'd go, I can't believe how much we're, we're fleecing the British public for. 37 billion on tests <laughs> don't work. <laughs> and then we're going to run a track and test program on all of the results that don't work. And then we're going to fold it in a few months. <laughs> and the money's all going to go to our mates. Of course some politicians' ears are going to pick up. Going, what? And they let you do that? Yes. Yeah, you just tell them it's all for their safety. 
Really? All right then. Well, there is that. I happen to take the school of thought that they were taking orders from somewhere else. An agenda, shall we say. But we can agree to disagree as long as we can agree that once it was quite clear that there was a conspiracy of silence. I don't mind. If it were three months later and someone had come out, you do know these are flawed. And they've gone, oh my God, hold on. There's no, no problem. I get that. I'm not not unrealistic in my expectations of the world I expect very little from the world but around the six month mark you know easily for that second lockdown they didn't work and the people that told you it didn't work were being silenced and the people were making there were people that were making billions and millions from that silence that conspiracy of silence to use a faulty product yeah I smell someone needs I, I smell I smell we need some justice otherwise we're going to get this again and again and again in different forms more scams so yeah he said uh, let's go and have a look at the second one now then second one not just a sample size of one there are of course replies as ever okie dokie so this has an UK United Kingdom six days ago up three 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 one down 90 everyone with a little common sense knew that okie dokie so the truth is out there now really and of course there'll be some people resisting i believe everything the mainstream media said i'm not going to leave the house unless i've been tested and wearing three masks on top of my hazmat suit there will always be those but the rest of us need to come together and talk about prosecuting these people because there's a mistake and then there's covering up a mistake and then there's continuing to cover up that mistake for well over a year and then there's continuing to cover up that mistake profiting from it and having everyone that is causing I can't see a name there mind you you know you've seen all the protests and you've seen the amount of lies the BBC have put out recently I I don't blame a, a writer for not wanting to admit he works for him, to be honest with you. So MPs' pay was frozen last year due to the coronavirus pandemic, uh, but their pay is set by an independent body. That's uh, the old magician's trick, and it's an independent body. All oh, right, okay, who's on that independent body? My old mate. But they're not in business anymore, and he's totally independent. Um, should be in line with other public sector workers. So in fairness... A 2.7% pay rise is probably below the rate of inflation to them, to be fair. Um, first one that I can think of. <laughs> well, they haven't given themselves something tasty. But still, there you go. Always money for them. You know, it puts towards the pot. Should we have money for this, have money for that? Never any money this folk getting through, is there? Why should they? It's not like we will ever hold them to account. If you can fleece the British public for 37 billion on a track and trace that pretty much 95% of the British public, judging by that Daily Mail sample, knew they were conned and don't do anything about it, why not do them again? So, my view on the whole Ukraine situation is that it's uh, Zelensky and Putin are both pals with Schwab and Schwab's 
pulling back from COVID and trying to get the Great Reset through with other means. This will take care of cybersecurity, security and food supply and energy supply. This is that that's what the Python wants to constrict itself around this time. That's layer one. Layer two is, like I said before, the, the conspiracy theory types is that Putin's going in there to kick the new world order out. I happen to disagree with that. I think that he's just the same head of a different head of the same hydra. However, I will play you the point of view of the conspiracy types because this time it's backed up by a congresswoman senator I can't remember Tulsi Gabbard basically she's given you facts about the bylaws and regardless of how Klaus Schwab is involved or not it looks like those these biolabs really do exist um, she's going to play clips of the US State Department admitting they exist you can go and do research to see about how they've got funding over the years. I think there's even pictures of US politicians there at the opening of them, I think. Go and have a look, look yourself at this. So this, is, I'm, this isn't big into my thing, but I just wanted to get the idea around that, um, hey, we may be the bad guys. And, uh, you know, if Iraq didn't give it away by the fact that we used our tax money to drop bombs on innocent women and children in part of a country we can't find on a map and uh, slaughtered about a million of them because Saddam Hussein slaughtered about half a million of them and uh, then we used depleted uranium on to give them birth defects for the next 25,000 years because Saddam was mistreating his people you know in, ca in case you haven't got my flippancy Saddam was really, really bad and a terrible leader, terrible person. I'm not a fan of him at all. And then we came in and managed to kill the same, if not more, that he killed in an entire 20 year or however long he was regime in a few years. And uh, I don't think even he used depleted uranium on his own people. Why would he want to irradiate his own country and give birth defects to generations? to come if they can even have kids if they survive long enough the cancers to have kids so and then Libya again Gaddafi not a fan go and have a look at it before we intervened and go and have a look at it after go and speak to people that lived there before go and speak to people that lived there after our humanitarian intervention so I'm not taking sides on the whole Ukraine thing. I think it's just another part of the Great Reset agenda. However, when an official member of, you know, an elected US politician has things to say like this, and I happen to have really liked a lot of the things she said in the past, and she's got a very um, anti-war stance consistently, then... Um, I'm going to play when things like this are made. So this is Tulsi Gabbard explaining to you about the biolabs. Evidence of the existence of these biolabs in Ukraine, their vulnerability, and therefore the need to take immediate action to secure them is beyond dispute. Just the other day, the State Department's Victoria Newland acknowledged that these labs 
that contain dangerous pathogens exist in Ukraine in her testimony to the U.S. Senate. Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. In a Pentagon fact sheet dated March 11th, there are numerous statements that both directly and indirectly confirm the existence of these biolabs. The United States, through BTRP, has invested approximately $200 million in Ukraine since 2005, supporting 46 Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and diagnostic sites. On CBS Face the Nation on March 13th, CBS national security correspondent David Martin said that he'd spoken to a Pentagon official just that morning who told him they're concerned about the existence of these biolabs in Ukraine. The concern is that the Russians will seize one of these uh, biomedical research facilities that Ukraine has where they do research on deadly pathogens like uh, botulism and, and anthrax seize one of those facilities, weaponize the pathogen, and then blame it on Ukraine and the U.S. because the U.S. has been providing support for some of the research being done in those facilities. Now, in April of 2020, in refuting Russia's accusations that the U.S. was using biolabs in Ukraine to develop biological weapons, the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine acknowledged that there are U.S.-funded labs in Ukraine working with pathogens for vaccines and other peaceful purposes. In a CNN fact check on March 10th, 2022, there are U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine. That much is true. Furthermore, according to the DOD, there are two biolabs in Ukraine that have been under Russian control for quite some time. Russia illegally took possession of two Ukrainian-owned laboratories that BTRP upgraded in 2014 and continues to deny Ukrainian access to these facilities. So Senator Romney, you have a choice. Out of pride, continue to deny the truth or admit that you're wrong, apologize and resign. Aloha and remember that without the truth, we can be neither safe nor free. So yeah, good for her uh, on that one. So one day, Look, look into her and realise she's a, a pal of old Klaus Schwab but I agree with uh, every word that she'd said there and it, she was pointing out how politicians lie they need to be held accountable for that and how the media does gets involved as well so good for her um, now Victoria Newland very much look into her <laughs> yeah look, look, go and look into what she's been involved with um, when, when a when the cabinet brings her in you know there's going to be war the second thing i was going to say you can see the thingy already the idea of the false flag with the whole 9-11 false flags don't exist now everyone knows what a false flag is they're going to try and um <laughs> for, for, can I even do it? well i'll just explain to you what i think they could do now they would. They are going to do what they said the Russians are going to do, and part of that is saying in advance that the Russians are going to do it that way. So let me break that down. 
they're going to um, say, sorry, I'm not making a prediction. It would be now possible for them to say, and when I say they, the deep state, we're going to release a bioweapon. And it was one of the bioweapons that the Russians took over. And we've got, this is probably how it works, we've got probably about 200 versions of this bioweapon. And the Russians have got one, the one that they took over from the labs in Ukraine. Or maybe that's 30, depending on how many labs they take over. But you get the idea. It's then released in... Uh, perhaps a crowded New York subway, um, crowded underground train in Britain, the traditional Cold War enemies. And then you can they will then hold to the line, we wouldn't kill our own people. It had to be Russia. You see? And then you can get into war and you can get into funding and you can get all the people to gear themselves up. It's called a false flag. You attack yourself and you blame it on the enemy. But this goes one step further. They are, if you if you listen to them, there's been other reports of, like, if there's a bioweapon released in Ukraine, I have no doubt the Russians did it. It's 100% the Russians did it. Which means if we release one, we have a 100% chance of blaming them. So look out for that. I'm no fan of Vladimir Putin. I'm anti-war in general, and I think he's Klaus Schwab's puppet. But don't get played again. If if there's a bioweapon that's released, I don't for one second think he did it. A journalist who badmouthed him, beaten to death down an alleyway? Yep. I can believe Putin had that arranged. Releasing a bioweapon? No. Don't buy it. If any weapons are released, it will come from the deep state. And you watch all the mouthpieces that... All those mouthpieces that told you the PCR tests were effective will tell you that Russia did it. And that is why you needed to have them face consequences for telling their lies before they tell the new ones. That's why it's still important. Speaking of bringing people... and to account on their lives Carl Rittenhouse says he will sue Whoopi Goldberg and other celebrities politicians and athletes for calling him a murderer after he was acquitted of killing two men during Kenosha protests so remember Carl Rittenhouse 22nd of February uh, good for him I could pretty much see or feel the corporate lawyers going as the, some of the left we I don't even want to call them the fake left the the liars I mean, there's some liars on Fox News as well, but I mean, MSNBC, CNN, you know, there's a reason why their ratings have plummeted. The liars, the lying media, the outright liars. Um, I could almost feel their corporate lawyers scringing when they were saying all this stuff about him because it was quite, and on the court case, making out their version of events when it quite clearly wasn't at all what the footage described. I could almost feel the the lawyers like, oh my God, I didn't realise I was representing such liars. This is going to come back to haunt them. And now it is. Good for him. So that was by James Gordon for the, the, the Daily Mail again. And again, my prediction for that. 
these media people will not go, I'm sorry, we were wrong. We've reviewed the footage again. It's quite clearly self-defense. And um, what can I say? We tried it on with the American people and they just saw through it because it was such an obvious self-defense. They're not going to do that. They'll do, we told you he was racist. He's suing a black woman. So, um, and then continue their readings, you know, their ratings decline. The only people that are watching them now are non-above-one-dimensional thinkers. Let's put it kind and put it that way. CNN tells me the truth every time, has no agendas. Same for MSNBC. <laughs> those are the people watching them now. Um, what do you think those people are going to be thinking like? So, here's a uh, Joe Rogan pointing out the dangers of a digital ID um, and this was published on the 21st of February and uh, he's got a guest here and I'm afraid I'm trying to look down and I can't see the name of the guest um, but I've played a clip of him uh, before so the dangers of digital ID uh, if just in case Canada <laughs> wasn't a big enough danger to, for you to see through feel like you're sounding the alarm yes. for people that don't understand what is going on. Here, I'll put it up for you here, yeah? So there's the video. Yeah. I don't know if your camera can see that, but... The, no. There's the video. There's him speaking about it. The G7 is launching a set of public policy principles for retail central bank digital currencies, yep. CBDCs. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside... Right, so that's the guy who runs our economy in the UK. His name's the Chancellor of the Exchequer. And here is the article. Bank of England tells ministers to intervene on digital currency programming. Yeah, And here's a quote from the article. This is in the Telegraph, the one he pulled up. Okay. But it was behind a paywall, so I'll just read the quote. Digital cash could be programmed to ensure it is only spent on essentials or goods which an employer or government deems to be sensible. Yeah. I'm going to take it one step further for you, Joe, right? So the vaccine passport infrastructure is in place. But now we know that the vaccine doesn't stop infection or transmission, but the Checkpoint Charlie exists everywhere. They bring in digital banking, central banking, digital currencies. You've got a scenario now that you're checking in and out everywhere you go using vouchers that are programmed and you can only spend where you're told you can spend them. There's another word for that, man. That's called the Chinese social credit system. That's what it's called. And anyone who watches Black Mirror will know what I'm talking about. That's that TV show, right? Yeah. So what they are telling us, and when I say they, who's they? People in power. That's the head of our economy, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, second most powerful person other than the Prime Minister and maybe the Foreign Secretary in the UK, right? He's telling us, I just played it there for you. He's telling us that's what he, as the UK, the head of the G7, want to bring in for the G7. So a scenario where, like in New York at the moment, because the, the passport infrastructure is in place, you bring in that digital currency and you've got this total control. And if I'm speaking to you the way I'm speaking now, and my employer or government, you heard that in the quote directly, yeah, deems me as saying or doing something inappropriate, suddenly I can't actually pay to come here and speak to you anymore. My, my digital currency won't even pay for the ticket because it will be known that I'm coming to speak to you. Sorry, your, your vouchers don't allow you to purchase that ticket to go and speak to Joe. 
So uh, obviously I, I edit out swearing, so if it, it went that'll be uh, Y there. So um, you get the idea of that. So um, take that one step further. I'm sorry you said that the attack in Ukraine was a false flag. You're no, no longer welcome in our supermarket to buy food. Oh yeah, that 37 billion track and trace system. Well, we kind of just adapted it. So just to give you um, the potential for misuse there, is it a prediction? No, it's a warning to keep an eye on something. Um, our next one here is from Forbes. Facebook to be prosecuted in South Africa for abusing its dominance. Um, good. <laughs> Toby Shack, senior contributor, Enterprise Tech. Um, Meta Platforms and its WhatsApp subsidiary have been found to be anti-competitive by South Africa's Competition Commission, which has referred the social giant to the Com Competition Tribunal for prosecution for abuse of dominance. Uh, it could result in Meta, Facebook and WhatsApp being fined 10% of their collective turnover in the country. The case refers to a South African messaging service called GovChat, a technology startup which allows the country's government to connect with citizens using the WhatsApp business API. In July 2020, WhatsApp told the startup it was planning an ongoing intention to offboard GovChat and let's talk the community. What I think this is boils down to is governments going, I really hate the way they're clamping down on free speech because they've clamped down on politicians and they've clamped down on politicians in that part of the world as well. Do you remember I pointing out to them on their Twitter feeds and all that kind of stuff? A couple of them died uh, shortly after, didn't they? We covered that on this show beforehand. But I think this is some politicians around the world going, I really hate that platform. And I really hate that censorship. What can we do them for? <laughs> Go look. <laughs> you know, we, we we don't really have any laws that protect free speech. Right. Can we get them on any corporate stuff then? You know. But what you actually need is loads of laws on free speech. You need it to make it illegal for Facebook to ban a point of view. Um, which was just make it force them to go and do what they were originally meant to do. A forum for everyone. As long as you're not calling for a crime to be committed, and that's where the grey area is, isn't it? Because um, then the governments come in and make more things a crime. So, what do I mean by that? You, you, you should never have been allowed to go on Facebook. I'm going to come to your house with name the address with a gun and shoot you in the face, and then I'm going to rape your twitching corpse. So multitude, a plethora of offences there that you're saying to commit. And when you are threatening and saying to do that, that is a crime. So, um, you know, and there's no LOL or, or winking emoji at the end. It's, it might be a laugh or something. Um, OK, that, that, you've already got the crime. But the government are now going, oh, well, it caused offence. Oh, it caused distress. Oh, it caused this. Oh, it caused that, you know. So what could happen in the day where someone wakes up and go good morning everyone and someone responds well it's not you've distressed me greatly because a loved one had just died it's not a good morning for me i'm deeply offended i think you should be arrested for that now of course the government isn't going to go that far but i've used an extreme example to illustrate a spectrum of the points of abuse and what could come in between as gray areas and how that could be used to overturn civil liberties and um, keep the prisons high, which we're all going to have to pay for because someone got upset online.
So that's my little take on that. Good on South Africa. Um, they've probably gone through, what can we do these bastards for? I can't stand their censorship. But anyway, that's purely my speculative opinion. By Beth Timmis and Katie Austin two days ago for the BBC are two reporters that were happy to put their names to the BBC article. I wonder why the other one earlier didn't. Oh, it's probably because it, it, this is for the people, isn't it? They'll like this. Oil price falls below $100, but petrol hits new high. Where's that money going then? Oh, is it into the corporations and into the taxes? Of the, is it the governments and corporations winning again at the expense, literally, of the working class? Oh, imagine my shock. But it's all Putin's fault, I'm sure. Motoring groups have called for fuel prices to fall as the cost of crude oil fell to its lowest level for two weeks, the price of Brent crude. Anyway, look, what I think what would be really interesting here, uh, what makes up the price of petrol per litre? Fuel duty, according to the BBC anyway, fuel duty 40%, VAT 17%. <laughs> We're going to have some tax. All oh, right, okay. What's this other tax for? That's a tax on the tax. Why are you doing that? Because you put up with it. Because we're wolves and you bend over for us. Uh, cost of petrol to supplier, 27%. Retailer's profit, 9%. Cost of biofuel content, 6%. Supply and delivery costs, 1%. So have a look at that when they say it's the trucker's fault because they don't have the wages. Well, those wages make up a supply and delivery cost of about 1%. Probably not their truckers' fault, is it? Retailers' profit, 9%. Can't argue with that. VAT, 17%. You know my view on that. Cost of petrol to supplier. And, of course, down the line, that goes back to Putin somewhere down the line, 27%. So, yeah, all those sanctions. <laughs> if the entire cost is 27%, and you know that that down the line is going to be way lower as it gets all the way through the oil companies back to Russia. Yeah, those sanctions are really going to hurt him, are they? But what I think is really could be interesting that I'm going to look scroll down here to see if um, they haven't got a chart of the price of oil in dollars per barrel since, you know, the 1980s and the cost of petrol at the pump the actual difference between we're told that petrol goes up because the cost of oil goes up and that's why it's going up now because you know we're cutting Putin out of the question he ain't getting his cut of his cut of his cut of the 27% anymore so why historically well, go and have a look at the chart for yourself and go and make up your own mind on that. How are we doing for time now? Right, we'll just close it up with some very quick ones. This will be a really quick one because I'm not paid to subscribe. Um, how the Facebook gods are, and that was the Telegraph. The headline would have really interested me. And um, see if it's in the URL. Controlling life. I'm just scrolling through the URL. And death. <laughs> there you go. An interesting article. Uh, and I have no idea what the answer to that is because it's behind the Telegraph paywall. But I thought it was an interesting headline. Next one. 
Uh, another one, how the British upper class came to serve the global elite, Andy Beckett. Uh, 10th of March 2022. Well, Andy, let me start by saying probably a good part of that comes from your paper saying there was no elite to serve and calling anyone that pointed out a conspiracy theorist for the last 30 years. That probably was a part of it. Um, and the second part of that whole, that the Guardian, is basically the domestication of the country. Everyone's got to be a really nice sort of... Um, you know, Steve Jobs type um, and anything other than that is toxic masculinity. And um, yeah, we just all really need to be nice to each other. And um, I'm sure if we like that, then everyone in the world's going to be like that and we'll get along just fine. Um, and uh, at the same time, it's really, really important to stand up for the Ukrainian uh, right to sovereignty. But anyone... Um, who voted for Brexit is a leaving racist. So um, how the British upper class came to serve the global elite, Andy Beckett? <sighs> I'm not going to say look in the mirror because I've never met you, but I would say go and look round your office. <laughs> that would be a fair place to start, wouldn't it? <laughs> who better to understand the needs of global capitalism's mega rich than Britons who grow up with staff themselves? Britain is a good at wealth, not necessarily at generating it or distributing it in ways that... Anyway, you see, their customers used to be mostly British slave traders, self-made industrious people who had extracted fortunes from our colonies. But in recent decades, foreigners have become the main beneficiaries of Britain's readiness to serve the rich, regardless of how they made their money. So significant is this change that Britain has become butler to the world. Um, anyway, so he's given his view there. Um, and he's probably got some good points there. Um, it goes on sanctions against some Russian oligarchs after the invasion of Ukraine are bringing parts of London grad to an abrupt halt. But uh, again, I, I'm just if you can prove that they're funding an illegal war effort, put them on trial and then seize their assets. If you can't leave their assets alone. Now, uh, just awful, arbitrary government. That is the cornerstone of a civilization. The right for a citizen, uh, the right for a taxpayer to be left alone unless the government can prove you're doing something wrong. Not just, well, your mate is, so we're nicking all your cash now. And again, I don't know, is there a court case? Has Abramovich been arrested? If so, fair enough. If not, well, today Abramovich, tomorrow... <laughs> well, you heard the Joe Rogan clip for yourself. Keep it down. Drivers face £100 fine for making too much noise with their flash cars as the loudest vehicles revealed. So drivers of flash cars now face paying £100 fine for making too much noise. It comes as the deafening noise that can affect those who suffer from serious health issues such as high blood pressure, stress and heart attacks. Yeah, I'm sure that's what's setting it off. All those heart attacks that have been coming off. Noisy cars in the last... Uh, yeah... Since the vaccine rollouts, the noisy car's been doing it. Acoustic cameras have been installed for the first time in a London borough have caught 289 motorists driving at more than 100 decibels, with the legal limit being 72 for cars registered since 2016. Exposure to more than... I get the idea. And I like peace and quiet, don't get me wrong. But... It, you know, there's more, just more and more ways of society to go. So citizen A doesn't like what citizen B is doing and citizen B doesn't like citizen A. How can we find a way of making money from this? 
that's what I see and hear when I see that kind of stuff. All right, that brings it to a close for another uh, edition of Beyond the News. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please join our Telegram group, Beyond the News Gym, and taking us out now will be Dr. Peter McCullough, or McCulloch, however you pronounce his surname, talking about vaccines weakening the immune system. Potentially. We have um, uh, multiple data sources suggesting that the vaccines are backfiring, and, and uh, some of the best data sets are coming out of the UK and Scotland, the Scottish COVID-19 public health statistics, and they are showing now for fully vaccinated, double vaccinated, triple vaccinated, increasing numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. And it really uh, markedly outnumbers uh, the risk in those who are unvaccinated. The World Health Organization had come out with the European Medical Agency and uh, you know put out an advice against boosters. And one of the, the pieces of rationale that they used against boosters was that uh, it could potentially weaken the immune system and the mechanisms were that the messenger RNA is staying in the lymph nodes for a long period of time, so the body's preoccupied with trying to get rid of it, as well as the deposition of spike protein, which is a huge burden on the body as the body begins to clear the spike protein, and then to actually pour on more messenger RNA, which forces more spike protein. And then, in fact, when the infection happens, since uh, the spike protein has not been modified to actually match the current variants, that now the current variants are even potentially more virulent in individuals. Um, this isn't necessarily um, an antibody-dependent enhancement, but it's almost like an immune system uh, 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 overload or, or, or a breakdown or, uh, in a sense, an attenuation of what should be a robust immune system to SARS-CoV-2. So now we're finding people who have taken these vaccines, when sadly when they get COVID-19, they're far more likely to be hospitalized or, in fact, um, uh, die. Now, a recent paper from uh, France that um, has uh, just come out in the Annals of Internal Medicine, and uh, I'll uh, bring up the citation uh, for you that uh, I just because on my Twitter feed. Anybody who wants to go to my Twitter feed, you'll see this. The first author is... Buzid and colleagues, B-O-U-Z-I-D and colleagues, titled the paper's comparison of patients infected with Delta versus Omicron in the COVID-19 variants presenting to Paris emergency departments. And uh, of those with Omicron now sick enough to go to the emergency room, 65% were vaccinated, 65%. Most of them double or triple jabbed. So it's clear the vaccines are clearly not working. They're not working in Scotland. They're not working in Paris. Uh, even our data in the United States, which has been biased on hospitalizations, is not showing any advantage to taking a vaccine at this point in time. Positive vibes. Have a good week.